What's happening, everyone? Welcome to the seventh episode of the Dirty Brawlers podcast. My name is Alex Perez, and you can follow the show on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Dirty Brawlers. Subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts and follow us on Spotify. Of course, if you guys listened last week, you already know that Mike Strauss joined this show officially, and he's here again today to talk about UFC 236. Mike, how you doing, my man? Doing good, man. Thanks for having me. Yep, for sure. You already know. Uh, we were talking about the snow right now that hit us. Crazy, um, man. Yeah, I, 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 I woke up this morning and I'm like, oh my god, it's Christmas. And then I'm like, no, it's April 14th. What the hell's going on? This is weird. Yeah, it's nuts, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It it shouldn't be snowing. It really shouldn't be snowing. No. But uh, anyway, not what you expect. No, not at all. Anyway. Let's talk about the fights, man, because there was a lot of uh, boxing. There was UFC 236, of course. Uh, th- there was just so much activity, so much going on at once. Last night, there was like two boxing events going on at the same time while UFC 236 was going on as well. So it was hard to pay attention to everything. And then on Friday, Vasily Lomachenko. Mike, I know you're not a massive boxing fan, but do you? I- I'm assuming you know who Vasily Lomachenko is. Oh yeah, yeah. No, I like I like good boxing. I definitely like you know I like my good boxing. Uh-huh. I'm a boxing snob, I guess in that regard. I I don't watch a ton of it. I'll, I'll totally admit, you know. But I do definitely love. I know who uh, Lomachenko is obviously. Uh, I I like uh, I like a lot of boxers, man. There's a lot of good box. Boxing is like has a resurgence right now, which is really cool to see because I'm a combat sports fan. You know, I like all kinds of all kinds of combat sports. And you mentioned it, man. This weekend. Or this last weekend, you know, was like a dream because it had a ton of boxing and we had a really good UFC card. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the and it was all interim title fights too. Well, two interim title fights for for UFC. But uh, anyway, but Silva Machenko. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Did you see? Did you just to, to piggyback off? Did you see how quickly Dana jumped on that at the post fight press conference? He's like, for you guys that don't like the interim title fights, look at that. It's like, mm-hmm. come on, dude. You can't you can't equate those two. But yeah, let's talk about boxing. All right. Well, yeah, we'll, we'll talk about UFC 236 extensively right now. Uh, Vasily Lomachenko came back and he fought Friday night against Anthony Krola. A lot of people thought that this was a mismatch from the start, and it really was. I mean, Vasily Lomachenko pretty pretty easily disposed of uh, of Anthony Krola. It was a uh, right hook to the temple, and Anthony Krola just simply crumbled. Uh, he fell flat on his face, which is the worst possible way that you can go out in a boxing match and in any combat sport. So uh, it was pretty bad. Vasily Lomachenko, of course, he there are rumors that he might have even hurt his hand during the fight, his right hand. So mm-hmm. who knows how long it's going to take to see him again. But he seemed pretty pissed after the fight. Um, they were asking him about potential opponents, uh people that uh he should be fighting but for whatever reason promotional reasons you know how it is in in boxing it's a lot of um a lot of promotional networks and all of that stuff a lot of politics get involved when it comes to making a fight but uh Lomachenko was that asked, he was is that why he was upset because of the politics and stuff after the fight yeah because they were asking him about who he wants to fight and he he just you know he was just responding that he wants to fight the best he called out specifically Mikey Garcia who fights mm-hmm. for uh for a different promoter uh, Lomachenko fights for top rank Mikey Garcia fights for premier boxing champions so they are rivaled Bob Arum is the head of top rank and he doesn't get along well with uh, with the guys over at Premier Boxing Champion. So it's going to be a little bit tough to to make that fight. And it's also going to be tough because Mikey Garcia, last month, I don't know if you recall, Mike, he, he fought Errol Spence and he fought him at 147 pounds. So he would have to make a pretty big cut in weight if he wants to go down to 135 to fight Vasily Lomachenko, which is Lomachenko's ideal weight. Uh, but yeah, just Lomachenko didn't really look satisfied with the win. He's like, well, you know, I did what I had to do. I won the fight. No disrespect, but come on, just give me someone better. That's what Vasily Lomachenko wanted, essentially. So let's hope. Let me ask you. Let mm-hmm. me ask you, man, because you you know way more about boxing than I could ever hope to. Mm-hmm. Does Lomachenko? Does Lomachenko? Does he have the best footwork in the game? 
Yes. Right now, I think he does. He does because where, he. Where would you rank him all time? Oh my god. It's tough, right? Because he's he, really good. He has to be top five, even though he only has what thirteen, fourteen professional fights. He has to be top five. Uh, just the way that he moves his feet to create angles and how he, how he cuts corners, never lets his opponents hit him cleanly. It's uh, it's it's impressive. It's one of those it things looks- that you just you look at and you know it's special. You don't even have to follow boxing. That could be the very first boxing match that you watch. And and you're watching Vasily Lomachenko, and you're like, Jesus Christ, this dude is good. He's that yeah. good. Yeah. It's like he's a, you could, he, it's like it's a video game. Like, the way he moves, it's like, it's slow motion to him. You know, he, he's mm-hmm. super impressive, man. He's he's really special. You, yeah, that's, that's the word for him, man. He's special. I mean, even for someone who isn't a hardcore boxing fan, like you said, man, they can watch him and be like, wow, that dude's good. You, you nailed it. Yeah. Yeah, for sure, and a lot of people have actually gotten back into boxing because Vasily Lomachenko is is a top guy or a top draw right now. And you know, before this whole ESPN Plus stuff, it was pretty easy to watch him fight. Now ESPN Plus, of course, you know, I feel like we talk about ESPN Plus all the time, but it's it's a lot easier to watch him fight. You don't have to buy a pay per view to watch him fight. So they put him out there, they market him well, and um, funny enough, you mentioned his footwork, Mike. I don't know if you know the story of Vasily Lomachenko's teenage years when he told his dad that he wanted to be a boxer. And his dad's like, no, crazy. no. You're, I was going to ask yeah. you about this story. I was going to ask you if the story was true or not. And here you are telling it. That's so crazy. It's you're true. Yeah. Continue. Yeah. So um, for the people that don't know, Vasily Lomachenko <laughs> told his dad, yeah, dad, I want to fight. He's like, okay, you want to fight? Well, you're going to learn how to dance first. And the family kind of looked at him like, uh, what does dancing and fighting have to do? Well, you know, the footwork and being being pretty pretty light on your feet and all of that. So, yeah, Lomachenko did that for about five years. Then he joined the Olympic team and he won gold medals, I believe, in 2008 and 2012, if I'm not mistaken. And then he just took the world by storm. His amateur record's 396 and one loss. So, I mean, almost 400 fights on only one loss in the amateurs and only one loss as a professional. So... He doesn't do this whole losing thing. Dude, I mean, you know, I, I heard that story and I wasn't sure if it was true and I was going to ask you. And then, yeah, here you are telling it. And it's incredible because, you know, you would think like, you know, that guy's crazy. He's having a son. Do what is it? You know, but here he is all these years later and he is a genius. He knew what he was doing from day one. Yeah. And that's kind of the word that everyone refers to, to his dad as a genius because not many people would even think of that they wouldn't even consider it as an option but here we are Lomachenko's dad making uh making his son dance and he you know he still dances pretty good you know outside the ring he (laughs) he has moves he really does so that benefited him greatly in the ring and now of course you know he's he's tearing it up arguably one of the best fighters well to me he's the number one power bomb fighter in the world right now Terrence Crawford who fights next weekend against Amir Khan? Um, oh, he, yeah, he is. Uh, he he's up there. I think he's number two in the pound for pound list. He's fighting next weekend. So everyone was talking about Lomachenko making uh, a claim at his uh, pound for pound number one spot, and and how you know he he really made made a statement the week before the other pound for pound king fights. So. Uh, yeah, I mean Lomachenko, generational talent. People, people who don't watch boxing all that, all that much, can definitely re- go behind this guy and, and really support him because he's just so much fun to watch. Yeah, he's amazing. He really is. And uh, well, we had some more boxing. The girls fought Clarissa, Clarissa Shields, and Christina Hammer. Yes, that's her last name, Hammer. Um, it's crazy. Yeah, I know. Uh, they unified. All the middleweight championships, you know, we talked about this, Mike, before, where um, in boxing you have like 75 different titles. You don't even know who to call the official champion. And mm-hmm. right here with the girls, they did it. They, they they unified all the titles and Clarissa Shields actually won the, the championship. She's an Olympian as well. And wow. um, she only has nine professional fights. I, this, this had to be her ninth professional fight. Um. And I don't know if you know this, Mike, but 
in women's boxing, the rounds, instead of being three minutes, they're two minutes. And championship fights, mm-hmm. instead of being uh, 12 rounds, they're 10. So, Wow, I didn't know that. Yeah, it's weird. You, I mean, in MMA, for example, every championship fight is five five-minute rounds, isn't it? It's the same. It's Everything's the same. I mean, and, and I, I personally believe everything should be the same. Yeah, you know why not? I mean, that's kind of ridiculous, right? Yeah, it is a little bit ridiculous. But yeah, these these are some big girls, man. They're middleweights. Well, boxing middleweights. One sixty. Wow, that's boxing middleweights. One sixty for a woman. Yes. Oh, Jesus, that's massive. Yeah, yeah. What's the biggest weight class for the girls in in, in MMA? Is it one forty five? Well, no, the PFL, who is on ESPN Plus, who we always talk about, <laughs> um, uh-huh. they're they're gonna they're building, you know, their whole their whole idea basically is around Kayla Harrison. So now they're ushering in this hundred and fifty five pound tournament. So it's gonna be a women's lightweight division, man. Which you know for MMA is one fifty five. So yeah, that's not that's not bad. I mean, one fifty five. Shit. Yeah, no. One sixty is not that, about, that, that that massive either. Yeah, no. K- Kayla is a big girl, man. Uh, she fought here in Chicago on the PFL card, and I covered it and got to see her. And dude, she's she's another Olympian in in judo. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's a medalist too, I believe. She. Oh shit! I think she's a gold medalist, dude. And, and she's a bad chick, dude. She is a tough, tough woman. And. Whew, man, like I said, PFL is building their whole, their whole everything. They put all the chips in on Kayla Harrison, man, and for good reason. You know, she's very, very tough. But uh, you know, hey, anything could happen. We, you know, that people thought that was Ronda, and we saw what happened. You know, like she just lost. And I'm not a wrestling fan anymore, but she just lost this weekend, I guess, right? Mm-hmm. Last weekend or she, whatever. Yeah. So I think she broke her hand, so Ugh. she might take some time off. And she was talking about, you know, having a kid and all of that. So, of course, you're not going to wrestle when you're, what, six months pregnant or whatever. <laughs> but, wow. you know, she's uh, she's uh, she's thinking about, about having a family. And props to her, you know, if she wants to, to start a family and, uh, and you know, just, just have this different life. Because being on the road all the time can definitely be very, very brutal for, mm-hmm. for fighters, for athletes. So she she just wants to uh, live life in in a, in a different way. So that's it's cool for her, you know. If if she made her money and she did what what she wanted to do, shit, have fun. Oh yeah, <laughs> for sure, man. And women have really came a long way, man. I mean, here yeah. we are talking about in boxing, and mm-hmm. uh, I think that's incredible. You said uh, the the girl's last name is Hammer. I mean, come on, that's just meant to be, right? Did she win? Yes. Uh, Christina Hammer. No, she 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 lost. Oh, she I lost. Know. Well. What can you do? Sometimes you're the nail, right? <laughs> yes, that's a good one. That's a good one. But yeah, man, this uh, this girl Clarissa Shields, the new undisputed middleweight champion of the world, man. She is tough. She has great reflexes. Uh, she looked a little bit flat-footed in the beginning of the fight. I can't lie. I I, I was a little bit scared, but uh, but then I saw her getting into her rhythm. She wasn't getting hit and. Also, this girl, Christina Hammer, she had a reach advantage over Clarissa Shields. She didn't use it properly. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it was actually Shields, the one with the jab. You would think that someone with the reach advantage would take advantage of of their jab. But this girl didn't. Hammer didn't. So, uh, you know, it is what it is. She, she she couldn't take the win. And she she actually took her loss very, very classy. You know, she said, I fought probably the best women fighter of all time so i mean what can i do so that was pretty classy pretty pretty cool of her to to give her props right after the fight um but yeah like you said women have come a long way both in mma and in boxing and then of course wrestling just last weekend uh three women headline wrestlemania you know so you know when you were a fan when you were a fan of wrestling did you ever think that was going to happen oh hell no no it wasn't even a I mean, there was women, you know, towards the tail end of me being a fan was when, like, Lita and uh, Trish Stratus and, you know, when those women were really big, uh, Sable, you know, when, when those women were making their rise was, like, the last couple of years I really, really cared, you know. Um, 
few years, uh, maybe one, maybe five or six years ago, I tried to get back into it with uh, with my daughter, and I just couldn't. But uh, yeah, but no, it's, I never thought that was even a possibility, man. It's crazy. It's crazy how how much they've they've progressed. They call this the women's evolution. So you know they're they're behind it, and they headline WrestleMania. So good for them, and then of course good for Clarissa Shields. She's the new undisputed middleweight champion of the world. We'll see what she does after that uh all right let's get into some mma but first um let's talk about tj dillashaw because of course we didn't have a show during the week we record on sundays and hopefully post on mondays and uh tj dillashaw suspended for two years mike your initial reaction when you when you heard the news when the news broke that tj dillashaw was suspended for two years jesus christ that's a lot well my my initial reaction when he was suspended he he just came out and he gave his belt up right so no one kind of knew what he had popped for we knew he had popped but we didn't know he had what he had popped for but my reaction once we found out that it was epo i was like hmm because really there's there's no excuse for that right there's no tainted supplement excuse for that so uh, you know, to his credit, though, you know, I mean, I'm not defending him, you know, in any way, but to his credit, he's handled it, I mean, about as well as he could have, right? He uh, he he didn't hold anything up. He's not going to challenge this. He, he gave up his belt, and, uh, you know, he took full responsibility for it, and, and that's all he could do. He got two years, a two-year suspension for testing positive for it. The test was from January 19th. That was from the Cejudo fight. But then they went back and they tested him from December, and that tested for EPO as well. So now the the two though they're not going to count. You said it's not going to count them as separate violations. They're just going to count as one. So he will be able to return January 19th, I believe, of 2021. But That's my a, initial rea- yeah. my initial reaction was really, hmm. and then I was like, well, you know, this couldn't, this really shouldn't be too much of a surprise because there was kind of. Uh, you know, if where there's smoke, there's fire, right? People mm-hmm. have been talking about this, name, you know, namely Cody Garbrandt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, Cody Garbrandt, you know, he he put his finger right on it. He called him out on Twitter, said the, the, the all that EPO was getting to his head and stuff. So mm-hmm. at first, I don't know about you, but when Cody Garbrandt was saying all of that, what that had to be before their second fight, right? Not the first. Uh, when, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, no, I, I was. I'm not, I'm not sure if it was before their first and second fight, but I know the exact tweet you're talking about, man. And mm-hmm. like you, I, I wasn't. Sh- I mean, in all honesty, right? I pride myself on my honesty. Uh, you know, I was a TJ guy. You know, uh, between. Yeah. I, I mean, of course, I'm neutral here when it comes to certain things. But if I'm picking a side, I was more with TJ, right? In, in that whole thing, because I really didn't understand why. You know, on the surface, for what it was. It looked like they were getting mad at him because he wanted to train somewhere else. So mm-hmm. that's why I was, I kind of, you know, didn't think he did anything wrong. So I was on his side, and it almost felt like, to me, it looked like Cody Garbrandt was just kind of like a jealous, you know, like jealous almost, and he was just like trashing him. But it turned out, man, he he wasn't. He was telling the truth from day one. So you know, hey, I was wrong, man, and uh, t- t- you know, Cody Garbrandt should be uh. You know, I don't think he should be, you know, like fucking. You know, we shouldn't hold him up on a trophy, but he should be credited for, you know, calling what it was a couple years ago, man. Yeah, and who who better to 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 see all of this stuff than the people that he was training with? You know, TJ. Speaking of of TJ Dillashaw, the people that he was training with, and all the stories exactly. that came out, how dirty he was in uh in 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 in, in camp and all of that. So. Honestly, I have to say about TJ Dillashaw, incredibly disappointed based on it wasn't a tainted supplement or or a tainted meat like Canelo tested for like a year ago or or whatever it was. This is all injected, man. So he was clearly doing this on purpose and he made a video last week, had to be a couple days ago, and he said that he was sorry and all that. Are you really sorry? Are you only sorry because you got popped? I mean, that's exactly it. Yeah. I I mean seriously, TJ. He it looked like everything was going right for him. You know, last year he beats Cody Garbrandt a second time. He gets a shot at the 125 pound title. Uh, he 
he it it looked like he was gonna beat Cejudo. You know, he was he was a favorite based on on what I was hearing and 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 the opinions from from other experts and everything. And then he loses, and he 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 tests positive for for EPO. He gets suspended for two years. He's gonna be thirty five years old by the time that he comes back. So it's gonna be a completely different TJ Dillashaw. And even in that video. I know that it's early and he's probably not training and he's not doing much. Well, he just had surgery too. But he he looks big, man. He looks really, really big. Usually his face is lean and thin. He he put on he, he really put on some weight. So that that's gonna be hard to to, to take off once he once he starts to, to train again. But man, TJ Dillashaw just everything hit him at once and of course you can feel bad for him it's you know it's only human you see that he's struggling but also dude it's not like you were hitting a baseball like Cejudo said you you're you're not hitting a baseball you're hitting another human being with your fists and there and you know there's very little little between your knuckles and this other person's skull so I don't know man I don't know his reputation his legacy for me it really changes because who knows maybe he's he, he's been dirty and god knows how many other fights maybe when he fought garbrandt that first time he was dirty too when he fought you know uh, dominic cruz how long ago was that like three years ago maybe he was dirty then who knows it just makes me question everything and i i don't know i don't know tj dillashaw i i don't look at him the same anymore and he was a fun, fun fighter to watch. Who knows how he's going to come back? Yeah, and, and not only that, man. It's like it makes you question. And I know that that uh, Sam Calavito, who was his uh, head trainer and nutritionist guru guy, he they work with Juan Archuleta. They work with Cub Swanson. There's uh, uh, Aaron Picos came through. There's a number of guys that train there. It's a high level camp. It's the Rain Training Center. And uh, you know, it, you know, why you're wronging me? I'm not saying those guys are guilty at all. I'm not saying they're guilty because they've never tested, nor should they be questioned. But I'd be I'd be lying if I didn't say it makes me wonder because the company you keep definitely says some shit about about your character. That's mm-hmm. all I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and rightfully so, man. I mean, you know, I'm I'm gonna bring in my um, a little bit of my childhood in, into this, and my mom would always tell me. Tell me who you hang out with, and I'll tell you what type of person you are. And that's exactly, exactly. what you just said right now. So, mm-hmm. man, that's... Your mom's I, a smart woman. Yeah, she 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 really is. Uh, but th- this sucks. TJ, again, he had everything going going right for him. Then he loses. Then he gets popped. And now these guys who, who get, you know, who, who are in the same um, environment, so to say, as tj and then i don't remember who it was that said there's at least five more guys that that are probably going to test positive for the same thing very soon i think it was ali abdelaziz if i'm not mistaken he started pointing fingers at least five guys yeah wow Mm -hmm. this would be huge ben aspirin's like dude if you know five guys you should you should have to say if you yeah. know, if you're admitting that you know, you should be forced to say. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know if I agree with that, but that's interesting. Another golden snitch. Yeah, right. Oh, boy. <laughs> this sucks. This really sucks, and uh, it just looks bad. Sport. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it looks bad for, for everyone, so let's hope that everyone just tests clean and stop with this shit, man. Stop with this. What did our good friend always used to say? Optics. Spot the optics, remember? <laughs> Spot the optics. Yes. This is bad optics, man. Yes, yes. I know exactly who you're talking about. Wow. Haven't seen him in a minute. Um, yeah, right. yeah, all right. UFC 236. Mike, um, you watched the entire card. Of course you did yeah. because you're that much of a fan and you're that much of a professional. Uh, besides the main events, what fight... Uh, did you think was was the most in- interesting? Of course, um, your boy Anders. He, uh, yeah, he 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 put a picture on on his Instagram stories about how uh, how his how his legs ended up 
looking after the fight. So besides besides all the the, the main events, what'd you like of this um, UFC 236? Yeah, I mean there were some really good fights, right? I mean from the very first fight of the night, Brandon Davis and Randy Costa, that was a crazy fight until Davis got that choke. Uh, Montel Jackson, he looked really good. Uh, Khalid Taha, he derailed the Boston Salmon hype train, dude, in 25 seconds. That was kind of a shocker because people were really high on Boston Salmon for good reason. The kid looked really good coming off the Contender Series. He got a contract, and kind of it took him took him a while to for this first for his UFC debut to kind of fall into place for whatever. But you know, a lot of people were talking about him. But this Khalid Taha, man, he shut the shit down quick. Uh, kind of an early stoppage, but nonetheless, it was a it was a big setback for Salman, and then I think the Max Griffin Zalim Imadov was a crazy fight because those two don't like each other. Uh, and even afterwards, like uh, speaking of Ali, he is uh, Imadov's manager, and he had to like calm him down afterwards because he still wanted to go after Max. And Max was saying after the fight with to uh, ESPN's Brad Akimoto that he um, that Max Griffin and his family was uh, was attacked by Zalim multiple times during the fight week and he had to be the police were called in one incident it's just it's crazy man so those those are the ones that stand out wow i didn't know that whole backstory for yeah. for that fight that's uh crazy that, it sounds like all the ali abdelaziz fighters are, are a little bit off mm -hmm. makes <laughs> you wonder hey you know the company you, know, you keep right mm, yeah you never know you never really know what these guys um but yeah, the main event, well, one of the main events, Israel Adesanya, Kelvin Gastelum. Boy, what a fight. What a crazy. freaking fight. That was crazy. You know, uh, you tweeted at, at me during the fight how you said that a lot of the stuff that we talked about was happening. And uh, I mentioned last week that uh, Kelvin Gastelum, what he had to do was use his head movement somehow to shorten the distance and uh and tried to hit Adesanya with with something and he did he caught him early on but then after that you know Adesanya he he collected data and uh and he ultimately won the fight but Mike this is something that I've been thinking about all day and I need to ask you this do you think that Kelvin Gastelum hurting Adesanya so quick in the fight was actually more detrimental then it was beneficial for Kelvin Gastelum because after that it looked like Gastelum was kind of relying on the one punch knockout more than the the way that he actually got into that position. Was it more detrimental than it was beneficial? That's a good question. That's total, that's a really good question. It's fair. I, I don't know. Maybe maybe now that you point it up or now that you bring it up, it might be because uh, he was kind of relying on that one punch. But I don't know if that is something that he would have had to do anyway to, to win the fight. That's how he beat Bisping. That's how, uh, that's how he wins a lot of his fights, whether he gets the KO right from that blow or that blow leads to, you know, a submission or some ground and pound. He relies on that heavily either way. So, you know, there, there probably is a, a certain amount of truth to that statement. I don't know how much, though. But, um, yeah, I mean, Gastelum did look good. I mean, he had his moments in the fight, right? Uh, you mentioned his, his footwork... Uh, his footwork surprised a lot of people, right? I mean, a lot of times I have to go back and watch these fights to really appreciate them because I'm literally writing blow for blow. So I have to go back and watch them to, to really, truly take it all in. And that was an instant classic. I mean, the way I scored it was uh, round one was 10-9 uh, Kelvin. Round two, 10-9 Israel. Round three, 10-9 Israel. Round four, Gastelum. So I had even going into the very last round. Mm -hmm, and me then, too. boy, uh <laughs> Israel hit another gear, right? I mean, he he left no doubt about it. He shut the shit down in round five, dude. Yeah, he did. He really wanted to leave no doubt, and I I actually had it very well. I had it the same that you did going into round five. But something that that really really came to my attention as soon as the fight started was that every time they exchanged, Adesanya was the first one to pull back. He wanted no part of that power. And even more after he got rocked that first time by by Kelvin Gastelum. So pretty smart of Israel Adesanya not wanting to trade it. And of course, his striking is very, very, very good. And 
he knew he knew he's like this this short mexican packs a punch so so i want (laughs) nothing from i i want no part of this exchange and he was pulling back and the thing is that his height is well the, the the height and reach advantage was so much that he actually could pull back without getting caught you know, like in in, in boxing, mm-hmm. the very first thing that that, that they t- well, one of the th- first things that they tell you, don't pull back because you're usually fighting a guy that's similar to your size or maybe even bigger. But Adesanya has that luxury to pull back without getting hit, and he, you know, he he moves in and out very quick. He he took a lot of damage though. He really did. Oh, he did. Oh, yeah. Yeah, his mouth was busted up after the end of the fight in the post conference too. He was he was a mess. Uh, you know, Gastelum was so much better than people give him credit for, man. I mm-hmm. mean, mm-hmm. unpopular opinion. I still believe Gastelum would be a world champion at 170 pounds, man. But you know, for whatever reason, he can't make the weight consistently. So here he is fighting at 185 pounds. But uh, he's slick on his feet, man. You know, he used to really just okay. He won tough just on his wrestling credentials, man. But He's a slick striker now. He's really came into, he's really come to be a world class striker to go along with that wrestling. He's a top guy, dude. Yeah, he he is, man. He's, he is. He's legit. And you know this this whole fight was so incredibly bizarre to the point where we saw Kelvin Gastelum land a, I mean, I want to call it a head kick, but it was more of a neck kick, and Adesanya attempted two submissions. So. I mean, none of this makes sense, but we love it. It was a great fight. And, of course, there was no no BS cards or anything like that. Oh, well, no no BS scorecards. Adesanya won fair and square, but you're right. People don't give Gaslam credit at all for for how how slick he is on his feet, you you mentioned particularly. But, but yeah, man, I, I think, honestly, I think Gaslam had the right idea early on. And he hurt Adesanya. I wonder what could have happened if he would have kept his head movement as sharp and as quick as it was in the first few minutes of the fight. Who knows? Or I mean, maybe he would have tired out even quicker. But I just wanted to see where that head movement would have would have taken him, how far. Maybe to the interim championship. I don't know. We can only speculate yeah. now. But yeah, Kelvin Gastelum, people don't give him enough credit, man. He'll be back. For sure. He'll definitely be be back. Anything else that interests you about about this fight or so, something something curious, something cool besides what we already mentioned from this fight? Yeah. Mm, yeah, nothing really jumps out, man. I mean, uh, I don't think Gaston landed one takedown, did he? He wasn't able to uh, to to close the show. I mean, he got deep on a couple, right? And I think Adesanya rolled through one and ultimately ended up with the submission, as you mentioned. But it kind of played out like we thought it would, you know? I mean, yeah, I mean, nothing really jumped out of me. I mean, definitely an instant classic, don't get me wrong. I mean, it was a fucking incredible fight. But nothing really, it's kind of what we thought it would be, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We we hit it right on the nail. But um, about the takedowns, I think Gasla might have landed one. I Did think. He? But Adesanya... He he scrambled and he got up right away. I think so. It was a it was ineffective. It was just for the stats, pretty much. So, I think I'm not sure. Don't quote me on you're that. Right. No, he, you're right. He's one. He was one for nine. He was a let. You're right. He was one for nine. Yeah. Yeah. He was eleven percent. He was one for nine. But I think that one didn't he roll right through because he was reversed one time too. So, yeah. I yeah. Think that, that's the time. I, I decided to roll right through it and. Yeah, but either way, man, uh, they're going to meet again. Israel even alluded to it, man. He's like, you know, I'm, I'm going to meet him again. Yeah, yeah. And about that takedown, that's how insignificant it was. We kind of don't remember <laughs> what really yeah, happened. Exactly. And who knows? Again, we can only speculate at this point what could have happened if if uh, Kelvin Gastelum would have would have gotten more ground game going. Um, but now, looks like this has officially set up Adesanya and Whitaker. So... We have that to look forward to. How do you think that that one might play out? Play out in a very, very, very early prediction. Well, again, like we said, man, Australia. Uh, you know, Dana White said uh, in the post-fight presser that it would be in Australia, but um, 
like Israel said, though, this is the thing. Israel even said this. Hopefully Whitaker can stay healthy because the dude has a history of getting hurt. So, you know, not to be a Debbie Downer, I don't think this fight's ever going to happen, man. I I just, I don't, I think it will be booked. Don't get me wrong. I think it's going to be booked. Yeah. But what I think is going to happen, I think Robert will end up getting hurt probably, you know, maybe within a month or sometime closer to the fight. And what they'll do is they'll end up stripping him, making Adesanya the undisputed, and then they'll probably bring in a last-minute big-name guy. When I say last-minute, like I said, you know, four weeks or less to a big-name guy to challenge is real. That's what I think will probably end up happening, but hopefully I'm wrong. But, you know, I mean, I would love to see Israel and Whitaker, and if that, uh, if that does happen, oh, God, um, I think Whitaker... I think if we get the same Whitaker that fought Yoel Romero in Chicago, or even the first time, rather, I think that that he can beat Israel. But like, I don't think this fight will ever happen, though. Wow, so we're going to get another Khabib and Tony situation where it's just never going to happen. I unfortunately think this one's yeah. I, don't, I mean, this might happen later. I just don't think this one's going to happen now. I just I don't know for whatever reason I got a weird feeling about it. Yeah, I understand. Robert Whitaker, he's uh, he does have a history for 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 getting he, injured. He gets, uh, he's fought what twice in the last two years or something like that. I mean, it's I mean, look what Israel's done in the last fourteen months. He's fought six times and won a title. Yeah, I mean, this guy's fought two times in two years. He's a champion. I don't know. Yeah, I love Robert Whitaker. I just say I just picked him to beat Israel if they ever fight. But mm-hmm, I, mm-hmm. I just I don't know, man. I you got you know, some guys are just are just injury prone, and, yes. and some guys train too hard, and some guys are a little bit of both. And I don't know what Whitaker is, you know, but something's going on. Yeah, he. Well, I mean, he he had the weirdest situation possible happen to him, and uh, a couple months ago. I mean, you remember was oh, it a hernia? That uh-huh. that he had in his stomach required immediate surgery. Like yeah. what? Seriously? Are no joke? Yeah, mm-hmm. man. Yeah, it like be very bad. Yeah, yeah. So injury prone, and if if you want to believe it, I don't know. He might just have bad luck. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. I mean, but again, on paper, this this fight has been set up with uh with Adesanya's win last night. So. Man, I hope it happens. I hope it happens, and I got to tell you something. If it happens, I think Adesanya wins. I don't know. I, I, like I said last week, I, I just don't see anyone beating him. I don't know, un, un, unless they pull off what Gasolum did in the first round. But other than that, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Um, moving on now to the main event. It's crazy to think that we got Adesanya Gasolum, and then right away, you know, even in the beginning of the fight of Holloway Poirier, the people, the crowd was a little bit down. Then Poirier started <laughs> landing some shots. And they're like, "Oh shit, we're back in this." So that was that was pretty cool. What'd you think of this fight? Man, uh, yeah, it was another great fight. Another one I'll have to go back and watch to really appreciate. But you called it right. I mean, Poirier's boxing was the difference. Clearly, mm-hmm. his power. You know, his yes, power was yeah. so prevalent, man. I mean. Jesus, I scored uh I scored the first two rounds for Dustin 10-9. I gave Max round three, and that was it. I gave Poirier five and four and five. So um, to my surprise though, man, a lot of people scored this fight for Holloway. A lot of people are saying that Holloway won this fight. But I mean that, that really took me by surprise because I thought that uh Poirier did Poirier did much uh, much more than enough to win, but going back and looking at some of the numbers Holloway actually landed like 85 or something, 80 some more strikes. So there's an argument to be made there. Yeah, but but it was it it was almost obvious that Holloway was going to land more punches. That's what his game is all about. He's not going to take you out with a punch like they were saying mm-hmm. on the broadcast. He's going to take you out based on the volume of punches that he throws. So mm-hmm. that was obvious. But like you said, you that power that Dustin Poirier has at 155, man, that is some serious power. You can tell right away Max Holloway's not a natural 155-pounder. He looks small. His punches didn't have that same pop that Dustin's had. So 
it's going to be tough, man. He's at a crossroads right now. Does he want to stay at 155 and and potentially, you know, take, take a couple beatings from guys that are a little bit bigger than, well, a lot bigger than him, or go back to 154 and go back to those cruel and brutal weight cuts? If you were Max Holloway, what would you do? Oh, shit, if I was Max? Yeah. If I was Max, I would go back down to 145. I mean, it's no question. We saw it. He's just too small for 55. He doesn't have that pop in his hands that he does at 45, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You know, the big thing here is, man, it's it's genetics, right? I mean, some guys are built like Max Holloway. Some guys are built like Nick Diaz. You know, some guys have that, that tall, that lean, that slender build where they can eat a 1,000 cupcakes and not gain a pound. You know, other guys like Dustin Poirier were young, were, when they were younger, they were a little wiry, but as they got older, they really filled out. You particularly see it in Dustin across his chest. He's very broad. They even mentioned it in the broadcast. The dude is like a gorilla across the chest and his, and his upper back. He's a big dude. He is, he, you know, that's all muscle. Max doesn't pack the muscle, so when he he's a very fluid, like guys like Max, guys like Jason Knight, guys like Nick Diaz, they have this long, slender build that allows them to be free and accurate strikers, but they have to have the bunches, the punches in bunches to really, they're the volume striker, like you mentioned, to do their damage, whereas a guy like Poirier, as we've seen, his, he is so where he can land one blow. You know, and, and really damage you because he's so powerful. And we saw it, man. I mean, there's just no, there's no, there's no mistake in that, you know. Yeah, yeah. And also, Dustin Poirier with, with with that Philly shell, that shoulder roll that he was, that he was using to to defend the shots that Holloway was thro- was throwing. That one won me over right away because you know my guy Floyd Mayweather does that. And Dustin was doing it during the fight, so right away he gained a fan in me. But but yeah, going back to what you were saying, um, Max Holloway's too small, man. He's too small for 155. He is uh, he he's gonna take beatings if he stays at 155. So yeah, that's kind of the consensus agreement um, that that Max Holloway should go back to to 145. He has the title, you know, so he 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 has a reason to go back. To defend, you know, he's a champion that defends, unlike uh, a certain someone that we're not going to mention because Conor McGregor might get mad. But, um, but yeah, I think 145 suits him a, a little bit better. Um, yeah, I mean, think about this, man. Poirier has dropped. He's finished Gaethje and Alvarez. What do you think Max would do against those guys? I mean, Poirier finished those guys. I, I, Gaethje would murder Max. And, and hey, I'm not like... I'm not saying Max wouldn't have a chance. I'm just saying if they banged it out like we just saw yesterday, just you replace Gaethje with Poirier, man, Holloway's face is probably going to look maybe even worse than it was if he survived. So he's going to take, yeah, it's just, it's not the weight class for him. I think he knows that. I hope he knows that. I hope so too, because if, uh, if he doesn't, he's going to have to fight guys, like you said, like Gaethje. Uh, Well, Eddie Alvarez isn't in the promotion anymore, but Let's just right. put him there, just as a reference. Um, Khabib, if he would have won last night, and you know, assuming that the interim championship does follow the right idea, guys like Edson Barboza, I mean, these guys are tanks. Paul Felder. Yeah, Paul. F- oh my God. <laughs> I, yeah, I hope that Max Holloway knows that this isn't his weight class. He's a king at 145. Just go back, you know? Yeah, I think he will. I hope so. I hope so. But um, something that that really came to my attention from Dustin Poirier, besides you know how how well he followed his game plan, and he never really went off script. He 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 never improvised. So that's a big reason as to why he won. But in round five, he was really smart with his energy and with his output of punches. He was in the clinch a lot and he was trying to to land a takedown i i believe he might have even landed a takedown in the in the fifth round i'm not entirely sure i don't remember much but he did everything that he had to do to close the show actually in my notes here that i was taking during the fight 
I put round five and as a title, closing the show because that's exactly what Dustin Poirier did. You know, that's exactly what he did. He was countering more than he was leading and he executed perfectly in that fifth round. Big reason why he won the fight. He was only on a Max's leg the last forty-five seconds for dear life. Mm, yeah. Because he knew, he knew that Ma- he knew that Max knew he needed a knockout to win. I think you know. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, man, you're right. He, he fought super smart. He fought really smart. He did what he had to do at the end, and you know he. But the thing is, for people that want to trash that, you got to realize that he fought, he fought brilliantly throughout the first four rounds. And four minutes of the, you know, four minutes of the last round. So he, of a 25-minute fight, he fought brilliantly for 24 of those minutes, and he decided to to play it kind of easy for one minute. Who cares? <laughs> Who cares? You know, he fought great. He, yeah, he had it in the bag already. Um, but in, in in round four, something that could have changed everything that we just said right now. It was towards the end of the round. I don't know. I'm pretty sure you you remember, Mike. Um, Holloway actually had Poirier's neck, and it looked like he he had it pretty tight. And, mm. uh, and then you know the round ended. So who knows? Who knows what would have happened if Holloway would have had an extra 15 seconds? I don't know. But you know, having fought such a great fight, Dustin Poirier, that would have been really unfair. But again. Life isn't fair, so. Yeah. Regardless, I think Dustin Poirier fought a great fight. Max Holloway has to go down to to 145. But, Mike, let me ask you this. Dustin Poirier, Khabib Nurmagomedov, assuming in in an ideal world they fight because Dustin is the interim and Khabib is the undisputed, well, he's the, yeah, he's the real undisputed champ. How does that fight play out? Hmm. Well, this is another one where I, I hope this one happens, but Poirier kind of does get hurt a lot. I, I do think this one will happen, um, hopefully in September like it's supposed to. If it does, man, who, who knows? Uh, I think Khabib probably would, you know, probably gets it done in a super early, in a super early prediction, only because, only because his wrestling is just so good that. He'll he'll eventually find a way to get him down to the ground, and when he does, it's <clears throat> it's going to be really hard for Poirier to get back to his feet. And I don't think that Poirier could win the fight if he's not on his feet. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, super early prediction. I have to go Khabib. I think. Yeah, I agree with you. I don't. As much as as Dustin's story really really made me a fan of his. And how he how he fought last night, Khabib is just a different animal. I don't think he beats him. I don't even think hot take. I don't even think it's close. I don't even wow. know how 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 hot that that take might be. But I think Khabib is just gonna he would run through him in a in a fight that should be happening in September, like you mentioned. So I don't know. I don't know. I think Dustin he ruined a lot of plans for the UFC. He ruined a lot of plans. They were probably hoping that Max was the one that the, that would win this fight so they can make a, a Khabib and Max fight. But Dustin, he got it done, and now he's going to have to fight Khabib. So who knows? He might shock the world and have incredible takedown defense and just pick apart Khabib on the feet. But He only needs to land the one shot. That's the thing. I mean, yeah, that's true. Michael, Michael, uh, Michael Johnson cracked Khabib and... You know, that's about as hurt as we've ever seen Khabib on the feet. And if you insert Dustin Poirier in that scenario and he cracks Khabib, I don't think he he recovers. So, you know, shit, I might have it a little bit closer than you early on. But again, we are super early on. So mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see what happens. This, again, the, the just the landscape of the lightweights changed completely with, with Dustin winning because we, we all kind of like, we had Max Holloway penciled in, didn't we? Like, we want to admit it, we don't want to admit it. We had him penciled in as one of the top guys at 155, assuming he won. And now he didn't. So this changes everything. He has to go back to 145. Now it's Dustin Poirier, who is the guy 
that we have to put in in that mix because he's going to have to fight the top guys. And he already has a lot of them. So now he's going to have to fight the champion. We'll see what happens. Anything else from from last night overall or from just this this fight in particular that that you want to talk about? Not really, man. I mean, uh, I think we pretty much covered it. Covered it pretty thoroughly, actually. Yeah, we did. And under an hour, good for us. Wow, we're getting efficient. We're we're getting efficient, and this is only our second show together. Well, I mean, we've done a lot of stuff, a lot of projects before, so we know each other quite well. All right, Mike. Well, uh, thank you very much for your time. We'll do it again what next weekend or in two weekends. That's for us to talk about when the mics are off. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, man, go ahead, plug your social media. I know you were doing some writing before, before we started recording. So you want to plug that? Go ahead. The floor is yours. Yeah. Always writing or always doing something, but usually writing. Uh, yeah. Uh, my social media is, uh, Mike, Mike, MMA, Twitter. That's pretty much the only one I really pay attention to. Uh, yeah, my YouTube channel, Mike Strauss, Mike, Mike, MMA. And then uh, I write for BJ Penn, low kick. And Cage Side Press, you can find my work there and uh, the YouTube channel, as I said. That's about it, my friend. All right, for sure. Everyone, make sure to follow him, read his articles, share them. Uh, you've always been a very talented writer, Mike, so uh, I definitely enjoy all the pieces that that, 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 I, that I read of yours. So uh, keep up the good work, man. And soon, very soon, very soon, you'll you'll have your massive break where... Mike's going to be either working for the UFC or something like that, but it'll come, I mean. You'll, <laughs> well, I you'll get it. there. You'll get there. <laughs> I appreciate the kind words. For sure, for sure. And you can follow me on Twitter at AlexPerezFC. Uh, that is on Instagram as well. And the show on Instagram, which usually I feel like that's where we get more traction with all our posts. So at Dirty Brawlers. Twitter at Dirty Brawlers as well facebook at dirty brawlers you kind of get the gist of it by now and um apple podcast and what's spotify wow i just blanked out uh spotify apple podcast (laughs) dirty brawlers follow subscribe rate review that goes a long way mike thank you very much for your time ladies gentlemen that was the seventh episode uh is there any fights next weekend oh yes of course there's a lot of boxing then of course ufc fight night in russia if i'm not mistaken st petersburg Mm -hmm. wow other side of the globe all right take care everyone goodbye